Hello and welcome. My name is Roger Quayle, and you are listening to My Life in the Mosh of Ghosts. Hello everyone, welcome back to My Life in the Mosh of Ghosts with me, Roger Quayle. We're on to gig six, and we're going to be looking at the disco scene in Sheffield, focusing on a covers band called Magic, who played at Bailey's Nightclub on Bank Street in Sheffield in the summer of 1978. Timbo's dad was a cop, plain clothes. CID. And through his connections on Sheffield's nightlife scene, he engineered a gig for our band, The Sounds, at a salubrious spot called Bailey's, just a collar feel away from South Yorkshire Police Headquarters. Even better, he arranged free entry for us, Timbo, Lango, Vinner, Wilmer and I, every Saturday night, so we could check out other groups on the club circuit to pick up some stagecraft tips. This was a reasonably big deal for us, 17 years old with notions of making it play in the clubs, but with no clear plan as to how this might be accomplished, especially as we perceive the nightclub scene to be more sophisticated than the working men's club path, more chicken in a basket than pea and pie supper. Saturday Night Fever was inescapable in the summer of 1978. We'd seen the film back in April and had come away surprised by its dark, bleak themes. Unwanted pregnancy, racism, suicide, class struggle, loss of faith. A lot more going on than a working class bloke pointing in a white suit on a Battenberg dance floor. At this point, we thought John Travolta was cool pure Bronx bravado as he strutted along with his tin of paint. By September, with the release of Grease and his ascension to teen idol, Donny Osmond with a quiff, we despised him. I happened to have my own version of Travolta's iconic three-piece suit, bought by my mom at Hitchin's department store, an antediluvian TK Maxx in Attercliffe, for weddings and job interviews. A wine bottle green ensemble with lapels so wide that Brazil's Carlos Alberto could overlap down them, and flares that flapped with enough extra material to fashion a sail should the wearer happen to be shipwrecked after a night at Studio 54. Suit on, brogues polished, I was ready for the floor. Bailey's was part of a chain of around 20 clubs in the UK. The Sheffield venue, previously the Cavendish, was not as upmarket as local rivals Scamps or Josephine's. A subterranean bunker in shades of okra and indigo, it was slowly crossing the line from ravishing to simply ravaged. Being a DJ at a nightclub that summer must have been the easiest gig in the world. The double vinyl album of the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack would pretty much get you through the night. Sure, T-Connections Do What You Want to Do or Voyage by From East to West would keep the feet shuffling, but the Bee Gees, Night Fever or Staying Alive would spark a satin-clad stampede for the dance floor. 
hillocks of handbags suddenly appearing, tacky totems to sashay around. On the quiet, I fancied myself as a bit of a disco diva. Both my parents were very good dancers, albeit in the ballroom modern sequence style, so I was convinced that hoofing was hereditary. My dad was appalled by the jigging about that passed for rhythmic self-expression in the 1970s. So Bailey's provided me with an opportunity to perfect my moves. But two things became clear. Firstly, we couldn't get a round for a pound, the cost of drinks for five in our favourite local Pittsmoor pub, because liquid refreshment commanded premium prices in the rarefied atmosphere of Bailey's. Secondly, any reserves of chutzpah left after a trip to the bar, having fluked the RU18 interrogation, would dissipate like reflections from the mirror ball at the prospect of talking to a member of the opposite sex. The girls at school were knowable, maybe even kissable, but the idea of a conversation with a woman, an actual adult stranger, filled me with dread. Unaffordable drinks, unknowable females. There was nothing else to do but dance. As soon as the band came on, the floor would invariably clear. Despite this, Bailey's persisted with the cabaret-style entertainment as if the ancient club format was still de rigueur. You could have seen living legends like the Four Tops or the Jackson Five just around the corner at the Fiesta, but it was evident that Barry, Robin and Morris, the three horsemen of the Discopolips, with their armour-piercing falsetto flechettes, were ushering in a new era of dance floor dominance. Of the bands we saw at Bailey's that summer, the anemic, insipid street choir, or Steely, with their snarky banter and a cover of Band on the Run, which was a slick, dovetailed counterpoint to our own spindly, bostic version. It was a band called Magic who left the deepest impression. Saturday the 10th of June After an afternoon of jamming, playing cricket and record shopping, I bought the not-very-disco Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult. Timbo, Lango and I headed into town for a night out at Bailey's. Lango didn't get past the cloakroom as the bouncers took exception to his suit and sneakers combo and promptly ejected him for inappropriate footwear. Magic, a six-piece made up of lads in their mid-twenties, were disciplined, well-drilled and driven entertainers, already four years on the circuit. The club scene demanded note-perfect reproductions of the hits of the era. The now-ubiquitous Tribute Act network has its roots here, and their Memorex renditions of songs by ELO, the Beach Boys and the Four Seasons were crafted counterfeits of the originals. Magic closed with an audacious, airfix-scale attempt at Bohemian Rhapsody, which they executed, Cod Opera Section et al., with no little aplomb. Bewitched, bothered and beshmillered, Timbo and I were enthralled. Magic's attention to detail was intimidating. Each cramponed chorus, every belayed bridge needed to scale Mount Freddy. We could just about negotiate Dizzy Miss Lizzie 
without rupturing the rhythm or crashing the chorus. Could we ever be this good? My summer of disco came to an unseemly end on the dance floor at Bailey's at around 11pm on Saturday the 24th of June. Inspired to break out some new moves by the irresistible nuclear groove of Disco Inferno by the Tramps, an attempt at a Cossack-style knee squat resulted in a loud, tearing sound around my nether regions. My sartorial selections for that night, aquamarine Birmingham bags, topped off with a navy blue blazer, simply couldn't cope with the Terpsichorean torment. I edged off the floor, cheeks blushing, buttocks clenched, praying that no one could see the purple nylon pants exposed by a polyester parting of the seams. A problem shared gives everyone a good laugh, and Timbo, Lango, Vinner and Wilma split their sides with the news of my split strides. That night's band, Mother Nature's Children, would go unseen by me. So that's how disco dreams end, not gyrating to Gloria Gaynor under the glitter ball of the gods, but alone, trousers in tatters, on the last bus home. Magic were well placed when the demand for UK tribute acts hit its stride in the 1990s, and they continue to work today as one of the most popular Queen shows on the circuit, also touring with evenings devoted to the songs of ELO and Fleetwood Mac. My name is Roger Quayle. You've been listening to My Life in the Mosh of Ghosts. Join me again soon for another episode. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.